Welcome to Schools on the Front Lines, a new podcast brought to you by EdSource and the Ball Frost Group. I'm your host, Carl Cohn. Today, we're visiting with Dr. Ron Williams, superintendent of the Victor Valley Union High School District. And in addition to running a large school district, Ron is the president of the Association of California School Administrators, commonly known as AXA. Thanks very much, Ron, for taking the time to be with us today. It's totally my pleasure, and I look forward to the dialogue. So, Ron, tell us about AXA and how one becomes president of that association. You know, I think back three years ago when I first ran for vice president, and that's normally the process. You're put on like the ballot. And if you was thinking of the electoral college, there's delegates. Each one of the regions are given a number of delegates based upon the number of members that they have. And you do a regular campaign statewide from Reddings, California to San Diego, California. And then in the spring of the year, the delegates come in and you give your speeches, you send out campaign materials and they vote. Uh, and you have to get 51% of the votes to be elected as the vice president. Once you become vice president, the next year you become president-elect and the third year you become president. So it's a three-year process that's very rewarding, very challenging as well, and it's to lead such an outstanding organization as the Association of California School Administrators. AXA is one of the largest administrator associations in the country. Can you give our listeners a ballpark guesstimate as to the number of members in the association? Yes, uh, we have approximately 18,000 members and that's basically made up of our public administrators, as well as our private schools, as well as in charter schools. And in my particular case, our board members are AXA members as well. And what are the biggest challenges facing the association during these extraordinary times? One of the biggest challenges, once we had the pandemic explosion, is uh, repurposing what we normally do. Obviously, going to a virtual environment that's been a significant challenge because we have a number of AXA academies and conferences that we normally hold on an annual basis, having to switch those to virtual leadership academy, etc. Also, safety, you know, safety for our students, our staff, our parents, our communities. That's the second challenge that I think a number of administrators are dealing with on a day-by-day basis, especially as we see how the COVID-19 spread is continuing to expand throughout the country, and in California in particular. Last week, the reopening of schools in America became highly politicized with both President Trump and U.S. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos advocating for five-day-a-week in-person instruction everywhere in the country. And the two largest school systems in California announced that they will start the school year on a remote basis. What advice do you have for California school leaders in terms of staying above the fray and doing what they need to do to reopen schools with the confidence of their community partners and stakeholders at the local level. We only have control over our local environments 
And I think to listen very closely to what your students are saying, what your parents, what your communities, what your staff members are saying, because on a federal level in particular, and even on a state level, they have their particular pressures that they deal with. But from an administrative perspective, we have a control over that local arena, you know, just doing what's best for students and what's best for our communities. It's a challenge at times, but I think that if we're proactive, we will get out ahead of it because some of our communities are really having some challenging times, not only from an economic perspective, uh, not only from an educational perspective, but also from economic perspectives as well. So just be patient, focus on the local, be focused in the now and where we can have the greatest impact. In mid-March, when Victor Valley went to online instruction, what are the biggest challenges that you face there in the high desert leading that school system? The challenges that we have is that the local superintendents in our region work very, very collaborative together. When we first went to closure, we thought we would only be closed for approximately a week. We had our spring break coming up the following week, and so we thought, okay, two weeks this will be over with. During that time frame, we extended our closure to the end of the year based upon guidelines coming from the state of California. Our staff was very adaptable, working in a distance environment, something that we had never been in before. And it was an opportunity for us to be creative and innovative as well. You have to look at the fact that it was sort of like building this plane and flying it at the same time. We had never really expanded to 100% distance learning in the past. And so it was an opportunity for us to look at our technology deployment, looking at uh, nutritional services, making sure that we could feed our community, et cetera. So it was full of challenges as well as opportunities for us to be creative and innovative. Recognizing that things on the ground are changing daily, even as we speak, what are the current plans for reopening in terms of Victor Valley? Well, if you was asking me this question last Tuesday, I would have probably given you a different answer than I would have given you on Thursday and most likely on Friday as well. And I would probably have a different opinion over the weekend as well as today. It has been evolving at this particular time. We're looking at a reopening continuum, you know, whether that's in a distance learning format, a blended learning or hybrid. Obviously, we're looking at eventually trying to work toward reopening after we deal with the virus situation. But it's been a very, very challenging. You know, we look at all of the guidelines that we've received from AXA, from CSBA, from CTA, from the state superintendent of public school office. Those guidelines have been very, very beneficial. But I'll tell you, the biggest challenge that we've had has been translating from guidelines to operations. And when we look at social distancing in particular, that's really a major challenge for us, especially from a transportation perspective, as well as our classrooms. Unfortunately, our classrooms were not built for social distancing, and so that restricts the number of students that we can have in our classroom at a given time. What worries you the most as the leader of that school system with regard to reopening? You know, safety. Safety for students safety for staff, safety for our community, etc. I don't think any administrator would like to have to live through that experience of having one of their students, staff, or communities, members come down with the COVID-19. 
And that's a significant challenge that I think most administrators in the state of California are all experiencing. And we're trying to make decisions based upon the relevant data that we have at that time to best inform not only our local decisions, but hopefully those decisions will influence our policymakers as well. Which sources of information have been the most reliable for you there in San Bernardino County? Who do you turn to for advice? Well, our public health department has been very, very instrumental. It's been giving us regular updates, as well as our San Bernardino County Superintendent of Schools. We've been having weekly meetings there, also participating in the Association of California School Administrators, weekly superintendents council meetings, as well as we've been having our countywide superintendents meeting. And it's given us an opportunity to collaborate, share what was working in some districts that others might want to consider. When I look at the virus, that was one aspect of it. When I think back only a couple of months ago when we was dealing with graduations, you know, we had a number of parents that wanted us to have face-to-face graduations and we all basically moved on to virtual graduations and drive-through graduations. And a number of those parents, after those graduation activities, came back to us and said, you know, I think I really, really enjoyed that. And that was not something that we experienced on the front side of that process. I'm talking with Superintendent Ron Williams of the Victor Valley Union High School District. So, Ron, your school system enrolls exclusively secondary school students, middle and high school age. And we're seeing, not only in California, but also across the country, a newfound activism on the part of students following the death of George Floyd. What are you hearing in your community there in the high desert from students who are going to be coming back to school with a newfound activism. Our students, and I'm sure just like throughout the state of California, we have very, very engaged students and community members. Uh, It came as a shock to many of them. And we have some that think very passionate on both sides of that spectrum in regards to equity. I know that the 2020-21 school year is going to be a year like no other. So was the 19 and 20, of course. But our students feel that their voice is being heard. There's many times in which I receive emails from students sharing their concerns. And that social-emotional component is kind of multiplying as a result of some of the social activities that we've had in the last month or two, in particular, dealing with uh, law enforcement. But I think that, you know, we're very, very fortunate to have some outstanding school resource officers working in our district. And I think they've done an excellent job of connecting with our students. And I think that most of our students feel that our resource officers are part of our Victor Valley Union High School District family. And your plans are to keep those resource officers? Yes, we have a total of three resource officers. And we have a number of probation officers as well. I know in a lot of districts, they have moved in different directions. But our board at this particular time felt that it was important to keep the resource officers through our city as well as our county uh, sheriff department. And how are you communicating with teachers, labor partners, the school board, parents, and the larger community during this time? I think back when we first started the COVID activities, 
It was like on a weekly basis that we sat down and communicated to our students, staff, as well as larger community. As time has gone on, we haven't had as many changes as the beginning because, uh, you know, when we look at our plans that we've looked at for reopening at this particular point in time, they haven't changed that much in the last couple of weeks. But it was very, very high dosage of communication, communication, communication to all of our stakeholders, not only our students, our staff, and our community, as well as our board. If you had an opportunity to let the legislators and state policymakers, including the governor, know about the challenges that you're facing, what would you say to them? You know, we really appreciate the guidelines that have been provided because that's given us a framework for us to build on. But I think probably the greatest challenge has been translating and transferring those guidelines into operational practices. We would love to have all of our students back, and I think for a number of our students and parents, they would love for them to be back as well. When we look at the guidelines with the social distancing, specifically when it comes to transportation, that has become a major challenge for us. And as I mentioned earlier in regards to the classrooms, our classrooms were not built for social distancing. And I think that that's become a secondary challenge. And I think that we have a number of staff members that some of their health issues are really challenging. And I think just being aware of that is challenges that we hope that our policymakers will totally understand in their decision-making process. I know, Ron, that you're a student of leadership. And how has this experience changed you as a leader? You know, we're in this constant learning process. I've had to vet a lot of assumptions that I had. I felt that we had a very, very tight organizational system. But going through this experience in which we've had to be agile, looking at our technology needs, This had me to set back and reflect on some of the things that we've done that we could have done better. Now, we're very fortunate to have a number of successful programs running in our district. And I think that although when I think back, we had a goal last year to say, how do we redefine, redesign and reimagine learning in the Victor Valley Union High School long before the COVID, about a year or so beforehand? We established a virtual academy, and so we were well positioned for it, but it was still filled with challenges. I think that we were responsive, but I also know that we could have done a better job of making that transition. Ron, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, and good luck to you and your Victor Valley community up there. Thank you so very much. That was Ron Williams, superintendent of the Victor Valley Union High School District. Families in Southern California's high desert are fortunate to have leaders like him navigating these uncertain times for schools. Well, I think it's only appropriate that we end this episode with a piece from Victor Valley's own University Prep High School's Jazz Ensemble in competition at the 2017 Forum Festival. This has been Schools on the Front Lines, brought to you by EdSource and the Ball Frost Group. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Our opening theme is by Utah. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Carl Cohn. Talk to you next week.